Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape the future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. All right. On this Garlic Marketing Show, I'm going to talk probably about one of the most important things in marketing. Uh, we're going to talk about how to hire marketing assistants, marketing managers, VAs, and remote, remote workers the right way. I've got Noel Andrews, who's an expert from jobrack.eu. Noel, say hi. Hi. And uh, we're talking about the biggest mistake in hiring a remote working team, why you need to slow down, the importance of scorecards, why you probably need to rename scorecards, the first marketing team member you should hire, where in the world to find the best remote workers, and why you actually don't want VAs and remote workers and what you want to do instead. We're going to talk about AI, ChatGPT, how it's affecting hiring, how they're finding out if people are using ChatGPT, how to ask if they're using ChatGPT and creating the best possible job listing, skill sets of the best marketing managers, and how to hire a marketing manager the right way. All this on this Garlic Marketing Show, but of course it's brought to you by Video Case Story. We'll talk about video case stories in this one and how to use them for hiring, but also how to find the right clients, how to use them with your marketing managers. Go to videocasestory.com to learn how we can help you collect, craft, and deliver those. All right, let's get started has an awesome team. I've recommended so many great marketing companies to use to hire him, and they're always happy with it. But Noel, let's talk a little bit about, let's first talk about JobRack and what you guys do. Yeah, so we connect people. We are all about hiring and helping people hire really great team members uh, out of Eastern Europe. So lots and lots in the marketing space, but also everything from really great executive assistants right up through you know project managers, ops managers, client account managers, into tech staff, developers, tech leads, et cetera as well. And you've been doing this for quite a long time, right? Yeah, JobRack's been going since 2015. And uh, we had a little pivot about three years ago into more of a kind of done with you type approach. You know, the best, it, we have a great job board, but the best candidates aren't hanging out on job boards. You know, you need to kind of hunt them down. So a lot mm -hmm. of our agency clients were asking us, hey, can you help us with this? Because hiring is hard. And uh, yeah, kind of, I took a money while I sleep job board and turned it into kind of an agency with all of the pain and fun that comes with it. Why'd you do that? Well, they were asking me for help and I really like helping people and I don't like saying no. And like, yeah, suddenly I'm an agency owner. And it's like, wait, what? Folks, I want to really dial in on this because I see so many people like, oh, I'm just going to go hire someone remotely. I'm going to go find them. It's going to be easier than hiring someone in the US. And I want to talk about the different types of marketing hires in a second. But I want to talk about like the big mistakes you see when people are hiring remote workers. So... Some of them, the big one and hiring full stop is people just not realizing one, how hard it is and two, how much time it takes, right? You know, it's so easy to do the first step of hiring, right? You know, you have an idea, I need to hire a marketing manager. You can have an advert up on LinkedIn in like 30 minutes, right? You mm -hmm. can have 500 applications tomorrow, right? They will all be useless to you because it is too easy for people to apply. And crucially, it's too easy for you to list it, which means that really, really frequently people don't take the time to figure out what do they really need. And that's especially true with marketing hires because it's really broad, right? Really, really broad. And so a marketing manager is this super generic term. They're apparently going to be a unicorn and do absolutely everything. <laughs> so the biggest mistake we see is people not actually putting that time up front to figure out what do they really need. And, and we actually took the unusual step of we have a pretty intensive onboarding process that slows things down 
to make sure we get that bit right. So we really understand and help people to figure out what it is that they want so that we can then move full speed ahead and actually find those people. And why do you find it's important to slow them down? Most people think they know what they want, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, for agency owners out there, it's same as your clients, right? Your clients think they know what they want, but when it really gets down to it, there's a lot of nuance, things like that. And if someone really is clear, if they've done the work and they've got, you know, they, they know what it is they want this person to come in and do, and they know what the outputs are going to be, right? Not just that, that, hey, I want a marketing manager. I want them to have five years experience in SEO and three years in PPC or, you know, content marketing, whatever it might be. What do you actually want them to produce, right? So in three months time, what will the outcome be? What are the numbers? What are the KPIs? What's the scorecard ideally? And so a lot of the time, what we do is we work with people to actually create the role scorecard that you're going to use to manage that person before we even think about going and hiring them, because then we know exactly what they've got to deliver. Therefore, we can figure out what, uh, you know, what it is they've got to be able to do. It's, it's genius. And, you know, I talk so much with my team about scorecards and market and metrics. I mean, every employee, especially remote employees, should have metrics. But I think it's one of those things that I don't know. Why do people push? Do you get pushback on the scorecard? Because I, I, I get pushback on the scorecard a lot. And I don't know yeah. why. So I think there's two things. Right? One is the name of it. The name scorecard. Like it's like you're scoring people. Right. And so it's got, like, we need a new name for it. Right. So mm-hmm. I think if we could come up with a new name, that would help. The other thing is because it's hard. Right. We are on version three of scorecards here at JobRack with my internal team. And each time, you know, version one and version two, and I think we're finally there now because we've learned a lot of lessons, but it's really easy to come up with the KPIs and the metrics that you want. But then when you actually go to measure them and you're like, oh my God, this is going to take me like half of the week to measure the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Let alone doing it. So I think measuring them is really hard. And then actually making sure that they're objective, truly objective and under the person's control. So to get something that, right, what is the actual KPI that someone has absolute complete control over? Not that's also reliant on someone in sales or someone in another department. Yeah. It's actually really hard. It is. It is. It is so hard. And then you get into some nuanced stuff like for us, for video and video editing, because you want quality, you want speed and you want the client to be happy. If you want results, like those are four very different metrics. And in our head, we're like, oh, that makes sense. And that's easy. Try measuring it. I've been trying for yeah. 15 years. And it's like, you know, and, and my team is my team is very unhappy because I'm always like, well, we need to figure this out. But we worked on it. And so when you go to figure out now, you, you've got this role. What is usually the first hire that you see people need when they're hiring some a marketing person? So a lot depends on, you know, normally the owner, right? The owner or the founder, like where's their skill set, right? So oftentimes we might find that their skill set is actually in the delivery and doing what the agency is actually doing for their clients, right? So then oftentimes it might be a sales and marketing person. It might almost be a combination. Um, Other times it might be they're a little bit further along and they're like, right, okay, I know the type of marketing that we want to get done. So a lot of people come to us and they say, hey, I want a marketing manager that can figure out what the strategy should be and then you know define the tasks to be done and then do the things and the difficulty with that is that well hang on a minute right strategy you need to have you know you should do the strategy once and then you're just going to refine it over time but that's not a full-time job doing strategy Mm -hmm. then you want someone that can actually figure out let's say it's content marketing okay well how are we going to execute on that which suppliers and partners do we need or you know who should we hire to do it 
Then someone's got to manage it and actually project manage and make sure stuff happens. Well, they're three different jobs, right? Mm -hmm. They can be combined, but you either end up hiring someone that can project manage it. And, you know, so you pay them project manager money, let's say. But what that then means is they can't do the strategy because they're not at that level. Or you go out and find the strategist who's going to be really expensive, let's be clear. Then you ask them to do project management, which they probably really, really don't want to do. So we often find people coming to us asking for the combination and we then work with them to say, right, what's most important? What's the actual job to be done here? And sometimes we'll say, hey, we can hire that person that, to do these things. And then, hey, go and get a, you know, a coach or a mentor or a fractional CMO, for instance, to mm. give you one day a month, you know, a few weeks first off and then one day a month of, uh, you know, strategy type work. So, you know, generally what we find the, the best role is someone that can take a strategy, really understand it well and execute it, right? Not do everything themselves, but execute it. Go on Fiverr, go on Upwork, go on, you know, wherever to pull in the resources they need and do some of it themselves, but really just make things happen. You know, and I'm thinking too of the six levels of working genius. I don't know if you've read that book, but it, it shows that like the person who comes up with the ideas and who thinks through it is a different person than the person that's going to get stuff done. And very rarely are they the same person. And like you said, it's two different people. Not only that, if you have the person in the wrong world, they're going to be unhappy. And what I found too is a lot of times you hire, if you go cheap enough, you find someone who says, I can do everything. Do you see that often? Like, do people come burnt from other, you know, other remote working companies? Yeah, all the time. And, and remote working kind of regions of the world, right? So there's, you know, and, and my first caveat is you can hire amazing people from anywhere in the world. There are certain things just to be aware of, you know, particularly around cultural differences. So there's areas of the world that are, do not have the kind of direct communication that we might be used to in the US, North America, UK, and in Eastern Europe. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I bought JobRack originally was because, a, you know, really great work ethic, but a very direct communication style, like almost <laughs> blunt, right? So yeah. the first time I've got some US clients that the first time that they experience it, they're like, oh, hang on, that's a bit. That's, that's, that's quite strong. And it's like, yeah, but then they learn to love it because it is just direct, no BS. They say how it is. But there's other reasons of the world that just that is not the culture. That is not how they work. And the idea of saying no to a boss or, you know, any kind of like challenge. So if you ask them for a square wheel and, and let's be clear as, as owners and founders, right, we are not always good at giving clear instructions and setting clear <laughs> expectations, right? And then if they don't challenge you on that and if they don't, well, what do you mean? Right. Because they expect you, you know, you're expecting them to just get stuff done. You know, three weeks later, three months later, it gets delivered and it's not what you asked for or it's not what they understood. And so that's a big thing we see a lot. Like people, you know, you really want to build a team and build, hire the people that A, will challenge you and then set the expectation that they can because otherwise you are getting burned and then, you know, it gets super frustrating and expensive. You know, I, I'm persistent enough. And so I've been doing this for like, I would say 10 years and it's obviously changed. I want to talk about that in a second, but you have to learn the cultures. You have to. And, and, and you also, you have to treat them like people. And that's, I like using the word remote work and I've stopped using the word VA because I think VA has that connotation of it's not a person on their side. Absolutely. Um, and, and you'll hear me say team member, right? Because, yeah. you know, legally, they're not an employee, right? When it's cross-border, they're not going to be an employee. They're a contractor from a legal perspective. But for me, you want to build your agency, you want to build your business, you want real team members that are with you, 
on the mission. They're invested in you. They care about you and your clients and you're in it together, just like an employee that lives 20 minutes ago away and drives into the office each day. You know, a lot of us have moved on from, from that kind of model now and with great opportunity, but you want people that are team members that, and you also do the things to make them feel and make them really be part of the team. Doesn't matter whether they're in Serbia, you know, Bosnia, you know, the Philippines, Latin America, or down the road in the next city in the, in the US, right? It's about having one team and doing those things to, to make them feel that way. Yeah, it's funny. I was just thinking about that this morning because we, we have some great team members that are remote. We've had people with us four or five, six years. And they are, they're part, they're part of the family, they're part of the team. But I'm always thinking like, how do we make them feel more part of the team? And it's tough. It's, it's actually easier now since the pandemic because we we've all gone remote so there isn't that inside joke as yeah, much yeah. You know? us, us and them kind of thing yeah. yeah but how do you encourage people to do that so we do i think it's lots of people come at this from a right i've got to build a really great culture and what i found over this last few years is that you know i knew what i wanted was a team and so i set out to do the little things that then build up to be you know culture so things that we do so we celebrate birthdays we use a very simple online tool called sendwishonline.com it's like something straight out of the late 90s and it's just a collaborative birthday card tool right and so we create a birthday card everyone puts a message and a little video or an animation in it and everyone you know on their birthday it gets sent to to the person and it's really personal and they love it um, we do, we have little kind of like widgets in Slack that kind of prompt us for kind of daily stand-up type messages, but a lot of it's not work related. So we'll be saying, Hey, motivation Monday. Hey, what did you get up to at the weekend? Share a picture. What's going on? Um, you know, give thanks Thursday, you know, where we're again, it's that kind of kudos type stuff. You've got plugins like Hey Taco that can do it, but we're always doing things just to get the team working together, various channels on Slack. Um, and the big thing is, and you won't find this written in traction or any of the EOS guides, right? Team meetings, right? Controversial opinion here. Don't have to be all about work, right? Yeah. Rocks, goals, issues, KPIs, they're super important. But for us, every team meeting, we spend probably maybe a third of the meeting just on a fun question. Yeah. And it might be something like, hey, what are you saving up for right now? Or what's the, what's the most embarrassing accident you've ever had, right? Just the kind of stuff that is the, the chit chat that you might have over lunch some point if you're in an office that just gets people getting to know each other. Um, and then obviously we do a team retreat once a year. We'd really, really enjoy getting together. But, you know, we're working all the time to do the little things. Um, and then oh, the last one I should mention is like there's loads of tools out there that you can use. But I like doing I use Loom to do really random, just casual videos of me from me, just as I'm like walking to the gym or walking to the WeWork office, letting the team know what I'm up to because they've got no idea. Right. And oh, if in so the average good. business, especially remote, like what the CEO and the owner and the founder does, people have no idea. Right. And wow. they're not going to ask you, hey, you know, Ian, what are you up to today? Because that's not their place. But just doing a little video that I can normally put in some praise. I can be like, hey, thrilled that we kind of, you know, closed that role down. We've got some great candidates for that. They're super happy. Or, hey, you know, great work last week, whatever it might be. And this, this is what I'm up to today. I'm going on a podcast. I'm chatting to some partners, things like that. And the team love it because it makes them feel connected, you know, because they have lots of chat themselves, but they don't necessarily have as much interaction with me as the, as the owner. And the same with most agencies. So that little thing that you can do about just letting them know what you're up to really powerful those are two super powerful uh, suggestions and it's funny on the first one on the level 10 meetings is we do that so much like like the second half of the meeting 
because we run EOS and and we do it for a long time. But it's like I always find myself at the end, like we talk about movies or you know video and TV, and I have fun with it. And I always feel kind of guilty. And now now you made me feel less guilty. <laughs> yeah, EOS version two coming out soon. Have fun in meetings. <laughs> have fun in meetings. I mean, we you got to because that water cooler is gone. I mean, our water cooler is still there. It's just I'm the only one using it. And I love that idea. You know, my team has access. To, my whole team has access to my calendar. So, and it, my calendar has everything. They're like, oh, I see you have Max's ba- baseball game tonight. But I think that's a great idea because, you know, the team has stand-ups and they all know what each other's doing. But it, it is important because it is, it's still, it's people. It's so, you know, in the bringing back to the people and the automation and everything that's going on with ChatGPT, we were talking before the show about hiring people that have skills in GBT, how it's affecting hiring. And I think this is important. And that's part of the reason I brought you on because you are doing this all the time. We, and most are hiring a person. If everyone's a person a month, you know, there's some, I know there's some agencies that are maybe hiring a person a week, but those are massive agencies. We're hiring a person a month. So you don't even be so good at it. You're hiring tons of people. What are you seeing in that automation? What are you seeing how it's affecting hiring? how you should be choosing who to hire as far as a marketing team. This is really interesting to me. It's really interesting to me. It's, it's, uh, it is too easy for candidates to apply for jobs now and to go through the hiring process. That's the challenge. So, you know, I mentioned LinkedIn earlier on, right? They can do a one-click application, right? You don't mm-hmm. get any meaningful information from them. They've not invested. They're not, you know, do they even know who you are at that stage? Probably not. And it's just a lot of things are making it too easy. So ChatGPT is a good example, right? So we saw, where are we? I think it was about eight days after ChatGPT had kind of come on you know, public beta and become available. And we saw the first candidate use ChatGPT to do their test. And it was for a project manager role. And we got this test through and it had questions in it like, you know, hey, you're coming into a new role and you're take, you're getting handed over, you're taking on some existing projects. What would your approach be? And we read what, you know, we were reviewing the test and my team were doing it and it was pretty good, right? And it was like, okay, but there was something just off about it, right? Because we look, the purpose of a test for us is to see how are they really going to perform in the role, but also mm-hmm. how are they communicating with us as well? Yep. And the language in their email submitting the test was just different from what was in the test. And that was like a red flag. And then actually we were chatting about it and someone just was like, hey, I'm just going to put this, put this question into chat GPT out popped the identical answer and we're like ah so then there's like you know well points to the candidate for you know using initiative but that's not the purpose of the test so what does that mean for us well we're changing our tests right because we do custom tests for every role because every role is a little bit different right so we're we're now changing our tests and we're using video more and some roles we want them to use chat gpt right so we're like kind of if you use an ai tool cool explain how you've used it and how you've mm. used it in this scenario because you know i don't want to stop them using a tool that could massively help them as long as we figure out well the skill is then in the prompt engineering of you know you know using those tools so it is hard and like you said you know we're hiring you know tons and tons of candidates all the time we are constantly you know doing everything we can to keep abreast of the changes and so, you know, we see other hiring sites are putting out content that are teaching job seekers how to use ChatGPT to optimize your resume for a given job, mm. how to use ChatGPT to write a cover letter. And I'm like, I mean, resumes have been, you know, BS for a long time, right? We lost faith in them. We don't really use them. Mm-hmm. 
and so it just it's like that next level of and it becomes so so important you know we're doing screening interviews for almost every uh, candidate we're either capturing videos or we're capturing screening interviews and it it's bringing the back that human that person-to-person connection because that's what the job's about yeah they can use all the tools but for us it's about figuring out can they do the job have they got the skills and do they have the right attitude personality the right character because you know, just being having the skills is just one little bit of it. The rest of it's about what's their attitude, because you can teach skills. You cannot teach or change attitude. Or if you can, you've got a lot more energy and patience than most business owners. Because <laughs> it, it's painful. It takes a long time. The line I always use is from Howard Schultz, who, founder of Starbucks. And people always ask him, how, how do you get your people to smile? And he's like, I, I hire people that smile. Like, but you have to know that you want people to smile. And I know smiling is tough in Eastern Europe. We find them, but we do the same. Like our kind of culture and our values are hugely important. So for us, our number one value is helpful and friendly, right? So everything about what we do. And so we look for people that have either done some customer service or can give us good examples of how right. are they helpful and friendly. And that for us just kind of makes the makes the work around. And that another part of our onboarding is, you know, when we ask people, hey, do you, what do you want this person to do? Well, they can figure that out, right? But then when we're like, okay, what kind of personality is going to fit in well with you, right? And we don't want them to be another clone of your existing team, but what's going to be complimentary? Uh, what kind of humor do you guys have? And what kind of jokes get kind of passed around? Or, you know, what do you guys enjoy? What works? And because again, people have to be able to kind of get on. There are some kind of, you know, businesses that are well-suited to certain, you know, kind of characteristics. And really what we want to do is just bring that to life in the job advert, right? We use mm-hmm. that as our job advert is a sales page, right? Yes. And so marketing and salespeople love it if they see a really good job ad, ideally with a video from the owner that's kind of been like, hey, I'm Noel, I'm looking for a really great business development manager. I want them a non-salesy salesperson. And you bring it to life and what you look for, there, then it gets them excited about coming to work for you um, and even applying for the job. It's a, it's a funnel. And the, the first stage of it is the, is the job ad. Folks, what he also said is so important. And I, I can't tell you how, because I've been doing this for years and I look at so many ads and they're like, I'm not getting anyone. I'm like, did you read your ad? It, it sounds like torture. <laughs> it's like, you must yeah. know Microsoft Word and this and this, and you must do this and you must do that. I'm like, that's not going to excite you. Yeah. It's like, what's in it for me? It's like, it's three paragraphs all about what the business wants. And it's like, okay, what about what they want and like, what's in it for them? And so our, you know, we strive us, you know, we really push hard to have the best job adverts on the internet. Um, And we're constantly optimizing them. We're putting branding all over them. We're putting pictures. We put, we put social proof. So if you Mm -hmm. look at an advert for an internal role for us, we have testimonials in there from our existing team members about yep. what it's like to work at JobRack, right? Yeah. And makes a huge difference, right? You're looking at a job and you read something that says, you know, this has been the best two years. It's a job I couldn't have imagined having. I get supported. I have a great team and I'm constantly developing and making a difference. You're going to be excited to apply for that. You get three yeah. paragraphs of plain text just talking about what they want. Now you're going to skip on because, you know, like Newsflash, you know, just because you're offering a remote job, that doesn't make you special anymore. Five years ago, <laughs> you could maybe get away with it, but not in 2023. No. What you said is so important. We, we had Mike McCallis on talking about it. And you're bringing up someone, you're recruiting someone to be a part of your team. And you want to sell them on the idea of working with you, not just doing a job. And spending that time, because then you also attract the right people, the more personality you put into that, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And the big thing, like, just 
it's really interesting. Like, you know, if you think about when you buy a house, right? You know, we don't actually spend very long considering the house we're going to buy, right? We might research the area, but you maybe get what 30 minutes to maybe view the house. It's the same when we're, when we're hiring, you know, this isn't a, don't think about it at the monthly salary, right? Think about how much you're going to pay them over the next year. Think about how much you're going to pay them over the next three years, right? Plus some raises, things like, cause they're going to be a great performer. They're going to increase. Think about, you know, what happens if you then have to replace them halfway through because they weren't right for you. So suddenly it's a $50,000, it's a $100,000, it's a $200,000 decision. How much time does that value, that amount of money deserve in terms of you thinking about it and putting in that time up front? And that that can, every time I mention that to people, they're suddenly like, oh, I didn't. I didn't put that much effort into the hiring process last time. You know, I'm like, yeah, your hand, you know, even, even if you're hiring, you know, a really great exec assistant that's maybe on eight, ten dollars an hour, right? Well, that's 20 grand in the next year. That's a good chunk of change, right? Yeah. That's that's not an insignificant amount of money. And so it deserves a, a bit of time, a bit of effort. Also, just from your time, like you said, the time you spend with that person, the time it's gonna cost you for the wrong person. And it's just difficult. It's difficult. And it's funny that you say about the house, because I think that's now I look back at it when we bought this our current house. I had this huge long list of like things that I needed to have in the house. And I'm like, it's funny to me that you know, people are like, Oh, I, I know I want a three-bedroom house that looks like this. And that's their criteria. And I'm like, I need it to be close to this, I need it close to the airport, I need to be able to walk. And people, you know, like you said, you're investing twenty thousand dollar employee. If they stay with you for three years, it's sixty thousand dollars and yeah. your time. You're spending more time than your wife. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the big thing is, is, you know, they, you know, I use that as an example. You can get really, really great exec assistants for you know, eight, ten dollars an hour. Um, you know, great marketing people. You know, you can do some great geo arbitrage and save, you know, versus hiring locally. But the big thing is, is it's not about what you're paying them. It's about the value they're generating for you. Right. Which is huge. And, you know, in marketing, if someone comes in and really crushes it, executing, you know, your marketing projects, right, they're going to grow your business. Right. They're going to pay what five 10x return easy equally on the flip side if they don't do it well right well the opportunity cost of you not increasing your revenue this year by what you should have done because they didn't deliver or you didn't kind of like onboard them right whatever it might be is absolutely huge and that's before we get to like the, the deep pain and hurt that comes with working <laughs> someone that's just not right and that you're maybe you're desperately trying you're not willing to admit failure you don't want to give up Oh man, it, that is just draining, right? And it's really tough. It we is. hire someone, we've invested in them. You know, no one wants to then let someone go. But you know, it's so so painful, kind of like having people around you that aren't the, the A players that we all want, right? That are crushing it, that are really driving with us. And that's that's why I'm always very much. It's, it's a bit of a cliche, but it's the higher, slow, fire fast, right? That time up front, slowing things down, getting it right, is so worth it. And you know, I want to come back a little bit to the marketing person when you're hiring. Like, okay, we figured out the culture and I want to hire that marketing manager. A, what skills are you looking for? Like, you know, because I think this is probably for most people, the, that project heart marketing manager, what skills are you looking for and how much of that skill set now involves AI? And I think it, it all comes back to the strategy, right? So what kind of marketing do you want to do? Because marketing is huge, right? Mm -hmm. And you can't, you know, I mean, maybe 20 years ago, maybe you could get, a, you know, jet marketing manager roles were very normal, right? Yep. And they would come into a business, you know, small to medium sized business, and they would do the marketing. Well, like life's moved on and things are pretty complicated. So, you know, what is 
that what's your number one marketing kind of channel that you're going after, right? Because ideally you want to have some experience in that or certainly some very, very good awareness. We can find and we do find really great like general marketing project managers, right? You give them something, they're going to deliver it and they are good generalists with a good understanding of marketing. A lot of it depends on how much you want them to do of the thing, right? That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the kind of key. So if you're going after a content play in SEO, well, you want to have a good understanding because there is this technical nuance. They can't hire a specialist or hire someone to come in and do a project unless they understand it well enough to figure out if they're the right person. Same with its PPC, same if it's content, same if it's partnerships, you know, what are the key things you want them to deliver on? And you ideally want them to have like one or two, I'm going to call them specialities, but like areas of real strength. And then maybe like another two areas of like awareness and interest. And then following them from that, you really think that I look for with marketing because marketing is always changing. Like you said, right. Mm. I want, I'm like, what AI tools have you played with recently? Right. Okay. I don't, doesn't, don't mind if they've used them professionally, but what have you been playing with? What are the coolest tools you've seen? What have you done with them? What are you excited about? Because what I want to see is that they've got this appetite to stay up to date and that they're doing things themselves to keep informed. What podcasts are they listening to? Who are they following mm-hmm. on Twitter? You know, what are they doing to you know, be at the cutting edge? And then have they got the, uh, I'm not sure what the right word is, but the ability to take in this fire hose of ideas and inspiration and then actually be able to choose one or two experiments to run with and actually implement, right? Not be like yeah. kind of like, you know, darting left, right, and everywhere kind of saying, hey, we should do this. And then next two days later, we should do that, right? I'm yeah. all for experiments, but sometimes you've got to focus and, and get stuff done. So I think that combination of what's their speciality, aligning that with the channel that you want to go after or the channels that you want to go after, um, the interest and that attitude and aptitude to really pick up things quickly and kind of keep awareness of what's going on. And then crucially, you know, this isn't a you know, purely creative kind of role, but they've got to be able to get stuff done. So are they organized? Are they data driven, right? All about the KPIs and the metrics. How are we going to know if this experiment is successful? So, you know, I want to see how have they been doing data driven marketing or data driven marketing experiments? Um, How are they being organized and structuring and managing freelancers, you know, individual other teams, perhaps, you know, other suppliers, how would they go out and choose when to bring someone in internally versus get a service to do it for them so that then you know you take that creative angle and that interest and then to, you also want to see this real concrete getting stuff done methodical and organized side of them as well i hopefully someone's listening to this at this point and realize there's a lot of work that goes into hiring a marketing manager it's not just find someone that can post to facebook uh, you want someone who's run these marketing campaigns you want someone who like you said has an appetite for it because I talked to my team, like, because if you don't, you shouldn't be in this. Because it's going to change. It's going to blow right past you. I mean, I, I know I, I talk to awesome people like yourself, you know, at least two or three times a week. And I, I guess I just gave you, I learned more and more about what I don't know. And like, just listening to you just now, I'm like, I never want to hire anyone by myself again. I mean, to be this, this kind of almost the, uh, like the surprising thing is, so when I was, I was hiring for my operations manager, this is 18 months ago. I'm like four weeks in, I'm following our process, right? We're good at hiring. That's kind of what we do. And <laughs> I'm, I'm following our process and I'm like, this is really hard. Why am I struggling so much? And I happen to be chatting to a friend of mine. He's like, yeah, but you can't be your own expert. No. And I was like, what? And, and it was like a light bulb. And I have ended, and he introduced me to a guy who's now a really, really good friend who is a, you know, he's an ops and hiring consultant, but he was an operations consultant. He then became me for me. So he was like my sounding board 
for these candidates. And he actually helped me with the hiring. And it was a, this light bulb moment that I can do this. And we, all of my team, we do this really, really well for our clients, but we have to be very careful when hiring for ourselves because, you know, we actually will typically buddy up and we'll be our own kind of buddy in that sense. But back then I didn't have as big a team and it was fascinating to say, Hey, we need someone as a second pair of eyes. And like you said, it is hard. There's a lot of complexity, you know, I'm suspecting that most, uh, you know, most of your audience, uh, Ian are not doing their own books, right? They're not doing their own accounting, right? Legals. It's the same thing. It's another speciality and it is, it's hugely time consuming. And, you know, unless any of your kind of audience want to become hiring experts, in which case, Hey, give me a call. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's probably not what many people are aspiring to as their, as their zone of genius. No, no. And it, it, it's a, such an important skill set. That's why it's great to find someone like yourself. So tell me a little bit about the process. What, how does it work? Yeah, so we call it our done with you process. Uh, we used to have a done for you service, but it sets the wrong expectations because I cannot just disappear into the world and come back with, a, with the perfect candidate for you six weeks later. So it's very much a done with you process. Like I said, we've got an onboarding process where we step you through with plain English questions, figuring out exactly what it is you need. We then put our kind of uh, job post kind of creators on it create some of the best job posts on the internet. Uh, we're going to put all your branding around it. Make sure that we're 100% clear on the person that we're after. So that normally takes us like five to six days working with you. Then it's on us. We get out there and we are scouring Eastern Europe for the very, very best candidates. So, you know, all of the conventional sources and a whole bunch of like very unconventional ones from private Slack communities, Facebook groups, all kinds of weird and wonderful places for that are very nuanced. So we've got groups that we go into for, you know, e-commerce operations managers in Serbia, for instance. Like some of these are really small, but we know where to go to find the, the people we need. You know, marketing managers in Bosnia. Um, and then from us, the big thing that we're then doing is like filtering them, right? And again, it's not just based on the resume and their application. We're doing screening interviews. We're capturing videos. We're testing them. We're speaking to them. We're kind of just figuring out, are they the right person for this role and the client that we're working with, both on the skills and on that kind of personality side? Um, and then effectively our deliverable there is like the short list, the, the best of the best candidates. And so then that's where, you know, we're then working with the client. They're then going to choose the kind of just a few, two or three, maybe to interview. We're going to kind of hold their hand through that process. Even when it gets a bit sweaty, still going to hold their hand all the way through. And, you know, nice. whether it's their first time holding, um, kind of, you know, hiring remotely, you know, we'll advise them on the kind of right legal agreements, how to pay people, how to, you know, reference them and then into the onboarding. So very much that kind of cradle to grave uh, side of things. So really just helping people get, you know, the outcome that they need. Um, right. And it, we find that works really, really well. Again, it's very, very close kind of working and works really well and kind of keeps a lot of people coming back to us. And that's the, that's the thing we're after. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And the best way to get in touch with you is jobrack.eu. You can go and to jobrack.eu slash agency. Uh, that's a kind of, you know, agency specific page, uh, or even just simply drop me an email, noel, N-O-E-L at jobrack.eu. Always happy to chat. Always happy to help people out. Unless you're on a desert island surviving. Less I'm on a desert <laughs> island, but I've done that. I just spent eight days on a desert island in the Philippines on a off completely offline for eight days. I've done that now. It's not part of the plan again, to, uh, not for a while anyway. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And what's the best place to follow you? Where do you spend most of your time on social media? I mean, I'm not big on socials, ironically. Oh. Um, so uh, yeah, not so much. I'm on LinkedIn and I post on LinkedIn quite regularly. So kind of I'm in and out of LinkedIn a little bit, but uh, yeah, don't post too much on the others. All right. Well, we'll put we'll put a link to your LinkedIn. Noel Andrews, thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. Hey, no worries, Ian. It was awesome. Thanks, man. And thank you for taking Noel and I on our journey that's been on Garlic. 
and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it'll make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 